Untie my hands. Declare martial law. Well, we're continuing on our adventures in the Planet of the Apes. Welcome to Anton Knows. I know a lot about the Planet of the Apes, and I have a summer house there sometimes. Awful hard on the rent to keep, though. But that's the way it is here on... Uh, and we're going to continue with the rest of the Planet of the Apes movies. Yes, there were more of them. After the original five, the television series, the animated series, it kind of went into hibernation for a while. And there was a script lying around. When Planet of the Apes was celebrating its big anniversary, there was a lot of talk about a new Planet of the Apes film. James Cameron, yes, the guy that did Titanic, he was involved with a lot of other movies, including The Terminator and Predator and all those other films. He was supposed to uh, do a new Planet of the Apes film, but he got involved with Titanic, so he never uh, made it. So that script was laying around, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be in it, but it never got made. But the script remained. Then uh, a lot of other uh, directors were involved in it for a while. A lot of other production companies were involved with it for a while. And eventually it ended up in the hands of Tim Burton. Yes, the guy from Batman, Batman Returns, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Mars Attacks. And he started to do his own version. He said, this is not a remake. This is a reimagined, whatever that means. It was sort of his own version of Planet of the Apes. And Mark Wahlberg was the star. Now, unfortunately, I think that he is the weakest part of this movie. I think they needed a stronger actor, more like somebody like Russell Crowe or Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody like that, a James Bond or or a John Wayne-type character instead of, uh, you know, this. Maybe even Harrison Ford, who knows. But the movie is the way it is, and it is. Now, a lot of ape fans hate this movie. Now, I love all the Planet of the Apes. I don't care. I went to see this movie with a buddy in the movies and liked it. Uh, Rick Baker, that name, if that name is familiar to you, he's the guy that did all the makeup. He was King Kong in the 1970s version of King Kong. He actually put on ape makeup and was the, the actual guy in the gorilla costume. So in this, he does all the makeup. And the late Charlton Heston gets to make his final appearance. He wanted to be an ape. He got to be one. He gets to do all his big famous lines. And he is Tim Roth's father. Tim Roth plays a chimpanzee. In this film, the apes don't like, you're a chimpanzee, you have this job. If you're a gorilla, you have this job. Everybody has separate jobs. And they are sort of a more medieval society they have swords and spears and so forth so mark Wahlberg plays an astronaut who's out in space in this ship and he's training apes to do something that people don't have to do so he sends them out to space to investigate and then have them turn the ship around and come back he sends a ship uh, with a little chimpanzee into an anomaly and it disappears so he goes after it, and he disappears into the anomaly too. Ends up on a nearby planet ruled by apes, and humans can talk and so forth, but they are slaves. If they're captured by the apes, they're turned into slaves or pets. So there's this young chimpanzee. She's kind of like a zero-type character. 
She believes that apes and humans should live together in harmony and that human beings are not just wild animals. They have souls, they have purpose, they have a, a living beings. So uh, Mark Wahlberg gets captured, he gets turned into a slave, and he has a location device. And the location device goes off and it says, I got to get back to my ship. He's not interested in liberating anybody. He's not interested in becoming a hero. He's interested in becoming uh, just to get back to his ship and get out of there. But all the humans that are with him begin to believe in him. So Michael Clark Duncan plays a guerrilla leader. Tim Roth plays a, a cruel chimpanzee general. And... And the great Paul Giamatti, another great character actor, plays an orangutan slaver. To get out of the city, they team up with this girl chimpanzee and they get out of the city. She brings a gorilla bodyguard with her because he's a senator. She's a senator's daughter and they get out. Like I said at the beginning, the senator declares martial law and gives the army free range. Bring me the spaceman. Tim Roth all has all the best lines. They chase them throughout the city into this place called Kalima, the, the forbidden area, the time before time. And they get to this, and what do they find? <gasps> the ruins of a spaceship. And it's not just any spaceship, it's Mark Wahlberg's spaceship. They created this planet. The apes are the descendants of all the apes that were on the spaceship. Uh, there's a huge battle. They blow everything up. They uh, and, and Tim Roth uh, and uh, Mark Wahlberg have a final confrontation. He locks him in a cage, and the chimpanzee that he was looking for comes back. So he finds the ship. The humans love him. They think they we've met this human who dares defy the apes, but he's not interested in staying. Maybe he should have. He gives the little chimpanzee to the chimpanzee girl. He kisses the uh, slave girl goodbye, and they get in a spaceship, and he goes back to Earth. Similar to the novel, the ship crash lands right there on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. But instead of finding the Lincoln Memorial there, he finds an ape face, and it says, In beloved memory of General Fade. Apes surround him, and he's trapped. That's how the movie ends. Uh, I love that. I think that's terrific. And when I saw it in the movies, I said, wow, that was great. But everybody else didn't like it. They didn't like the ape makeup. They didn't like the story. I'll admit that it's a bit weak. It has a lot of script problems. But I think the casting was good, except for Mark Wahlberg. He should have, that maybe he should have played a secondary character, and somebody a little stronger should have played the first character. But there you go. So, Planet of the Apes, they figured, Ape fans was like, oh, we're never going to get a proper, really great movie. We're never going to get something that we're really like. But 20th Century Fox was not done with the Planet of the Apes yet. They decided they're going to do a new group of films. And this new group of films was... First with Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War for the Planet of the Apes. All three movies are great. And the best part about it is the great Andy Serkis. 
he's going to be in the new Batman movie in a couple of months, so we'll see him again. He is the master at motion capture acting, which is sort of this new acting. Instead of using uh, makeup and a lot of elaborate costumes, they use these devices so that they can transform somebody into anything. Want an alien? You can turn it into an alien. Want him to look like a dragon or a dinosaur or any other thing you can imagine, you can do it. So they shoot this out in a live action. They shoot this out in the, uh, the open. And you can tell a little bit when they did Rise that the technology improves as each movie progresses. In Rise of the Planet of the Apes, a, uh, a doctor, is, a scientist, is trying to cure Alzheimer's because his father, John Lithgow, what, is suffering from it. So we all know how debilitating, how terrible uh, that can be. So he wants to end this scourge. He wants to defeat it. So he perfects a drug that a young chimpanzee uh, uh, has, and he gets really super smart. So apes are very you know, like humans in many ways. And so he figures, well, if this works on apes, it'll work on people. So he, he gives it to his father, and his father gets better. And he's like, wow. But after an incident with his father, he starts to deteriorate. Caesar tries to defend him and ends up in like a chimp rescue center. And there's a lot of other apes there too. So the apes all... Uh, work together, uh, he, he eventually realizes that he's got to find a way to make these apes smarter. So Caesar steals this other drug that the doctor works on to try to make it uh, the drug more powerful. Unfortunately, it makes people sick, uh-oh, and chimps and apes super smart. So he goes to the rescue center, makes the apes all super smart, and then uh, he helps them lead a breakout. And he breaks into a zoo and he uh, makes uh, he frees all those apes and, every, and everywhere else. So the apes uh, flee San Francisco. There's a principal villain who runs this uh, research facility. He tries to kill Caesar and... He, uh, a gorilla jumps on top of a helicopter and destroys him. And the apes flee into the Redwood Forest. One of the doctor's assistants sneezes on an uh, airline pilot and spreads this virus all over the world. Does that sound familiar? Uh-oh. Maybe we should watch more movies. And then disease everywhere. Uh, the scientist, the doctor tries to find uh, Caesar one last time. He does find Caesar, and Caesar says, Caesar is home. So that's how the first movie is. Second movie, mankind has descended into madness. Now, human beings are, su are surviving just on the fringes of society. The virus has wiped out everything and everybody, and, and mankind is on the brink of extinction. But the apes are thriving. Caesar's big problem here is a young battered chimpanzee named Kova. Kova and him are brothers, and they hunt together, and they work together, and everything is fine. But he was abused when he was 
a chimpanzee in a laboratory, and he doesn't have any share for humanity. A group of humans are living inside San Francisco, and are, uh, one guy named Malcolm and his uh, wife and his son head into uh, the interior because they find out that there's a generator there. There's uh, a dam that could possibly repower the city. If the city is repowered, mankind will survive. If it doesn't, it, they're, they're extinct. That's the, what they got to do. That's the stakes. Caesar finds them and finds the apes, and they chase the humans out, and they tell them, go away. Kova wants to go and just crush them beneath their heel, and Caesar's like, no, I don't want war. I want, I want them to just leave us alone. So he shows them his test of strength. He brings all his warriors to San Francisco and says, apes don't want war. Don't come back. Leave us in peace. They, they all ride off. But humanity isn't going to just go down without a fight. They decide that they're going to say, Malcolm says, no, let me talk to Caesar. I'll speak to him. He'll let us have the generator. He'll let us have the dam. And then we'll leave him in peace. But a jerk smuggles a gun there and all there's problems. But they turn the generator on and, and the city uh, is on the brink to survival. Kova sees his chance. He decides... He's going to turn on Caesar. Very Shakespearean. Kills, he tries to kill Caesar and leaves him for dead. Then that gives him the opportunity to rage bitter war on everyone. Even Caesar's followers. Anybody that follows him, forget it. So Caesar's son realizes he doesn't really like what Cove is doing. They raid what's left of San Francisco, gather all of humanity, imprison all the apes that are following Caesar, and tells them that they're going to just uh, wipe out humanity. Caesar's son, Cornelius, finds uh, Caesar, and he is wounded. The doctor, uh, this uh, Malcolm guy, his uh, wife is a doctor. I'm not exactly sure if they're husband and wife, but they're living together. And they decide to get together and save and help cure Caesar. We see the doctor that was Caesar's father, and he looks at him at a video, and he says uh, that, oh, you know, goes, who, who is that man on the video? And he says, a good man like you. So after he heals, he realizes he's got to do one thing that he's not wanted to do. He's going to have to confront Kova and defeat him, try to convince him to stop what he's doing and uh, lead his people to get out of there because the human leadership uh, decided that they're going to contact military forces that are uh, still functioning. So everything, Caesar goes up inside these in his big spectacular battle and he defeats Kova and Kova falls to his death. Caesar realizes he's got to get all his people out of there and in a hurry. War for the Planet of the Apes. I really love this movie, and it's probably my favorite of the, of the three films. Because it's not just a war film, it's like four or five movies in one movie. Okay? 
the dramatic poster alone uh, sold me. It says, when does it come out? That's basically what I thought. Caesar's sitting there on horseback with a rifle over his back. We get callbacks to the original Planet of the Apes in all three of these movies, but in this, this is probably the most. So the war that nobody wanted, that Kova wanted, is uh, raging. Human military has recruited apes to what they call donkeys and forces them to uh, fight a military uh, battle to use them as servants. While Caesar leads his people further and further and further away from humanity, hoping to avoid a, a final confrontation. Woody Harrelson plays a colonel who wants uh, to... Uh, to find the apes, and he blames the apes for destroying humanity, so he wants to uh, find them and destroy them once and for all. Uh, Caesar's wife gets killed, so Caesar wants to find this colonel and kill him. He's, he's seen ghosts of Kova all over the place, and he remembers that Kova couldn't, you know, he was consumed by his rage, and now this is slowly starting to affect Caesar. So he leads a group of apes and tells the other apes to go further, further into the mountains. They find a young girl who who can't talk because now the virus has mutated. Uh-oh. And now humanity can't talk. The girl thinks she's an ape, but they tell her, no, you're a human. They can speak to her through sign language. And she says, who am I then? And they, so they call her Nova. So they make this journey to find this colonel. Unfortunately, betrayed by another ape, uh, the apes are all captured. All the babies are captured. All the, all the, uh, everybody's captured and they're put into this prisoner of war camp. Uh, Caesar finds another ape named bad ape because he was from a zoo and that's what they called him and he can talk a little bit better than the uh, other apes they all end up in this prisoner war camp another call back to another movie the humans say we are the beginning and we are the end that sound familiar yes it does so the uh he confronts this colonel and the colonel and Caesar, he's, oh, you want revenge and so forth, and you're not going to get that here. They imprison all his people, and they imprison Caesar. They tie him up. Now we've got a POW war camp movie going on here with apes. And a few of Caesar's followers, including Nova, uh, try to dig out uh, the apes one by one through a tunnel, and she leaves a doll behind. So the colonel picks up the doll and was like, what's this? And he puts it back. Maybe he shouldn't have touched that. So he wants to kill Caesar. And Caesar is gunning for him too. But now we're getting towards a final confrontation. This gorilla that I talked about, these donkeys, he realizes that... He thinks that the ape, the humans will free him when they're, well, this is all done. And Caesar tells him, no, they'll never free you. So another military group is on their way to stop Woody Harrelson. So they all confront everyone. Caesar frees his people. 
He and this other gorilla realize, oh, they're never going to free me. So he turns on his humans and blows them up. Everybody ends up on, underneath this stockpile of weapons. They said there was nuclear weapons there. Foreshadow. So he, uh, he goes to confront the colonel one last time, and he's already dead. He's committed suicide because he got the virus. The doll that he picked up, he got the virus. And Caesar is mortally wounded but lives long enough to free his people, bring the whole mountainside down on both groups, and, and defeat them once and for all. Caesar gets on a horse, and all his people ride further and further away from humanity. They settle by a, a, a lake, and Caesar dies. Nova lives with them, and that's how the movie ends. Is this the end of the Planet of the Apes? Is that all? Well, Disney bought 20th Century Fox because they always had financial problems towards the end. And now they uh, are in talks. They said, well, this is a hot property. We love the idea. Maybe we'll continue this idea with Andy Serkis. Maybe he'll direct it next. Who knows? We don't know. There are, is there a script in the works? There's talk and there's, well, everything's been delayed now, so we'll have to wait. As for uh, merchandising and action figures and everything like that, there was, for all these movies, there wasn't for Rise, there was for Dawn and for War. They have a Caesar figure, Kova figure, and a Maurice figure. He, uh, he's an orangutan. Even though all that word that references, let me know. You know, everyone knows what that is, and that was pretty great. Now, during the original series, the best thing that I remember, I love about the Planet of the Apes, was Planet of the Apes magazine. Marvel Comics did a Planet of the Apes magazine, which I loved. I still have even the beat up ones that I used to read a thousand times. They were similar to Conan and a lot of other magazines were at the time. They did all the ape movies, every single one, okay? All, all five of the films, and they did the... Uh, they never did the television series, but they did their own uh, version. Terror on the Planet of the Apes, about a guy named Jason and a chimpanzee named Alexander go on a journey to save one of the lawgivers... And they free and help the uh, Caesar. And they go and help all these other apes and all these other humans. There's mutants. There's monsters. There's a Davy Crockett ape. What more can you ask for? They did a, a thing called Kingdom on an Island on the Planet of the Apes. Think Planet of the Apes and King Arthur's Court. It's really, really cool. Life on the Death Winds, a giant series where apes, humans, mutants fly giant... Uh, airships, and also fly, uh, sail giant like Spanish galleon ships and run around. The art's really big and sweeping and lots of sword play like a, a, uh, a Errol Flynn epic. They also did Power Records. Does anybody remember those? Let me know in the comments below about the uh, Power Records. Those were wonderful. They never did Conquest, but they kind of talk about it a little bit in battle. I do not know how many times I've listened to those, and they're wonderful. It's like a record, 
and a comic book all in one. What more can you ask for? I remember my mother bought that in Woolworths. And I, they also did Marvel stuff and DC stuff uh, as well. They also did the Planet of the Apes television series. I always wanted those records. They, they have Peter Burke and Alan Vernon. If you look on YouTube, you can listen to them. And have Peter Burke, Alan Vernon, and Galen in uh, all about this place called the Delphi. Uh, there's another one called Dawn of the Tree People and the War Between Two Worlds. So Dr. Zayas is in it. Jem Urko's in it. It's it's wonderful. Will we see more adventures on the Planet of the Apes? I hope so. And let's hope it's really good, it's well-written, and it's well-produced. Well, I've got to get on my horse and join Caesar and that's all for Anto Knows. We'll continue with our adventures into popular culture, and we'll see you again next time.